Good afternoon. <laughs> Darn, I didn't know I'd done all that stuff. <laughs> um, now, I'm usually the person that works behind the scenes. And a lot of people we work with throughout uh, what we call Turtle Island. And, you know, it's a lot of people out there who are holding the line, fence line, communities we call them, under in the reservations. But also we have a lot of, what, 55% of our indigenous population here in the United States are actually urban-based. You know, one of the, the biggest uh, populations of urban Indians is right here in the Bay Area. Uh, but anyway, I'm glad to be here. And I was going to show this little uh, uh, video thing, but uh, we couldn't work out the glitches. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start out uh, before I talk. Uh, I'm going to sing a song. And this is one of the songs that we sing to bring our people's uh, mind and heart together. So because of what I'm going to talk about when we, when, we, when we talk about biodiversity, when we talk about the environment, we're talking about spiritual concepts, not only of indigenous peoples, but all peoples throughout the world. So I'd like to ask all of you to stand, if you could. <clears throat> kind of visualize in your own mind, sending your, your mind, your heart out there. <clears throat> telling uh, Nina and Ken that uh, you're going to be witnessing a historical situation here. I'm reading a prepared text. <laughs> Something inspired me to do this. And I was working, working on this last night. I got in about 11, checked in, and I was up to about 3. I have a little laptop that the board gives me now, and I I've conquered this laptop, except <laughs> for the CD. We haven't been able to get that glitch out of the CD, maybe at the end of my presentation. So it's going to be 17 minutes, and then that three minutes is for the CD. But uh, um, I'm honored to uh, be invited to speak here at the Bioneers Conference uh, here in the traditional homelands of these indigenous peoples that once thrived along this beautiful coastal land. And it's truly a motherland that must be protected, loved, and respected, for it nourishes its heavenly children and all life through, in, through this invisible and biblical cord. Through my many travels here to the Bay Area, I have met many of the descendants of these tribes, whom despite over centuries of colonis, colonization, genocidal, and racist policies of this country against our First Nations peoples, we still maintain survivalist instincts that would make even uh, 
would even challenge uh, the, the Survivor show, the TV show, would make them envious. Reading the conference information pamphlet, I read that this uh, Bioneers conference is, and I quote, a gathering of environmental visionaries with practical solutions for most pressing environmental crisis. It further goes on, these biological pioneers peer deeply into the heart of nature to devise strategies for restoration, which is destined to be the central enterprise of the years ahead, end of quote. I thought about this and I was thinking, the thought of pioneers peering directly into the heart of nature is something we, as indigenous peoples of this great island of the Americas, have seen many times before, especially in the beginning years of colonial United States. But I'm excited with the vision of those persons like Ken and Nina and all the others who put this Bioneers Conference and who attend this, this gathering, and many of you that had the vision to, to continue on this struggle, to bring people together to these annual gatherings, to talk about these difficult questions and challenges that address the biological diversity of our Mother Earth. The time is now to take action I know, and I know that is why each one of you is here. All humans have two things in common, and that is we walk on two legs, and, we, and on each hand we have these five fingers that we use in common, these five fingers. As a child, I was taught from infancy to utilize them as gifts of the creator of this universe, to work together in solidarity, each finger each hand helping each other in respect of each other. And of course, the use of this thumb plays a key role in how we use our hands to build things or to tear things apart. As two-legged creatures, we also have been provided our mind. The mind supposedly has the ability to reason and figure things out for ourselves. This mind is provided to us as a gift of the Creator that allows us to be creative and to be able to develop ways to live in common with each other and to live in a sustainable way on this planet, which I call Mother Earth. We, the two-legged species, the humans, are not here alone. We share this Mother Earth with many life forms, animate and inanimate. From the waters of the great oceans to the smallest rock, and from the smallest organism to the biggest animals, we are related to each other. The relationship to the sacredness of our Mother Earth and all her children defines our spiritual, our cultural, our social, our economic, and even our political relationships that we have with each other in all life. What I have just said is considered the traditional knowledge of indigenous peoples. It's just a snapshot. The knowledge is no different from the knowledge of my Dene, Navajo peoples, or my Hunkapi, Oyate, the Bidawakatan, Oyate, or the people that live by the sacred lakes, the Dakota people of the Eastern Doorway in Minnesota. The traditional knowledge is no different from either the Aborigines of Australia or the indigenous peoples from Africa or the Sami from the Arctic regions of Norway. This traditional knowledge has allowed our indigenous peoples to develop certain life ways, 
values and cultural practices that have allowed us to live in balance and in a sustainable way for thousands of years. We are people of the land. We are people of the waters. We are the river people. We are the desert people. We are the plateau people. We are the mountain people. And we are the people from the forests. We are also the Pacific Islanders. From the four directions of this world, we still are here, despite great obstacles that have challenged our survival. That is why I'm so grateful to, to stand here, so honored to experience your presence, and thankful to the Creator to be able to live with my relations one more day. Back in Minnesota, our world is changing right now. We are a four-season world in this place that is the center of our universe. All our life is preparing for winter when our Mother Earth is going to be resting, preparing herself to sleep, to be covered with this blanket of snow that will keep her warm and create the quietness that she will need to rest from a long year starting in spring throughout the summer and fall. The communities have already celebrated the harvest of the rice that grows on our waters. And the men are getting ready once again to hunt and will supplement our diets rather than this processed foods and border town fast, fast food restaurants of pizzas and french fries and hamburgers. The leaves have turned. This means that fall is here and the leaves are very colorful, brown, red, and yellow. By the time I get home, maybe this wind will have come and have blown the remaining leaves from the trees. At our cer ceremonial lodge next to this youthful Mississippi River, and it's very young, it's only about this deep where I live, and our lodge is right next to that river, Mississippi. One can sit there and watch each of these leaves fall to the ground, watching each leaf fall from the tree, taking its journey as if it had eyes, looking for an empty spot on the ground of Mother Earth to rest its body. How many of you have ever taken the time to slow down to see that there is something unseen, a spirit force that guides this individual leaf, allowing it to take that journey, floating, being carried by a breeze of wind, and maybe suddenly whipped up to fly up into the air again. And when it finally founds, finds its place to find a spot to land on, and then at that proper moment in time, it lands on that one spot, the only spot around a tree where there is bare ground. So what is this experience? What is the essence that guided this leaf to find that one spot? This is one part of this web of life, and only one small part of what we call indigenous knowledge. Indigenous knowledge is so beautiful, isn't it? Let me shift gears into some perspectives on biological diversity, bioethics, biopiracy, biodemocracy, are what I call part of this topic, biojustice, 
our injustice. I'm going to throw out some terms. Genetic engineering, patents, human genome project, gene banking, life industry, trade secrets, cell lines, DNA, general agreement on terrorists and trade, GATT, Convention on Biological Diversity, World Trade Organization, World Intellectual Property Organization, WIPO, trademarks, North American Free Trade Agreement, NAFTA, transgenic organisms, trade-related intellectual property rights, TRIPS, intellectual property rights, IPR, Green Revolution, Article 8, in situ conservation of the CBD conservation, uh, on biological diversity and equitable sharing of benefits arising from the utilization of indigenous and local knowledge, and the list goes on. <laughs> Here are some other terms that we have back home. Bureau of Indian Affairs, standard operating procedures, trust status, Congress and plenary powers, treaty rights, government to government, Indian Health Service, HUD, rules and regulations, federal audits, Department of Defense, U.S. Forest Service, Bureau of Land Management, Department of Interior, Development of Trust Lands, U.S. Park Service, Surface Mining and Mineral Exploration, U.S. EPA, Department of Energy, FDA, NAGPRA, BIAM, Trust Lands again, and DNA. DNA. Descendants and Ancestors. As a, as a friend of mine, we call him John T. He, I don't know where he digs up some of that stuff, but he came up with DNA, descendants and ancestors. <laughs> DNA, descendants and ancestors. I like that term. We have to take back these terms. We have to redefine them. We have to seek new paradigms, throw out some we don't need, and move forward with some serious thinking on what we are leaving the next generations. We have to take a serious precautionary approach to what we do as a society. DNA, descendants and ancestors. That's what it's all about. Historically, land-based cultures have always been a threat to colonial nation states throughout the world. Land has always been the issue. Who owns the land controls the people. Colonization, Christopher Columbus, conquest, militarization, Charters, patents, ownership, laws, copyright, trademark, property, slavery, land titles, popes, churches, lawyers, colonial governments, capital, labor, piracy, wealth, old money, new money, blue bloods, family shields of honor, kingdoms, peasants, serfs, and them damn Indians. And you know the rest of the story. Mining, mining, mining the sacredness of our Mother Earth. Oil, coal, uranium, mining and extraction of minerals, mining our indigenous mines and our intellectual property, traditional medicines, traditional seeds, blue corn chips, celestial teas, and healing teas mining our indigenous minds, now mining our bodies, mining our genetic information, mining our cells, patenting of the cell lines of an indigenous man in New Guinea, mining our bodies, and now owning life, property rights. Whew, pretty heavy stuff. 
And within all those different terms, I was thinking I can talk about any one of those different areas. I'm sure many of you can. There's a whole history, a lot of documentation on these different things that are going on. Our organization, the Indigenous Environmental Network, is currently involved in national and international discussions of direct concerns to indigenous peoples, focusing on protection of ecosystems, environmental health, climate change, natural habitats, plant and animal resources, sustainable development models, as well as indigenous traditional knowledge and our practices. Biological diversity is the totality of plant and animal life and the ecosystems in which we live. To many of our indigenous peoples, we call this the sacredness of our mother earth, the sacred natural world, our circle of life. We must demand biological ethics worldwide. Justice demands a just and ethical international standard of code of conduct pertaining to the uses of biological resources, including biochemical compounds, cells, seeds, genetic materials, plants, and other forms of life. Bioethics encompasses a number of concerns vital to indigenous peoples, survival, cultures, and responsibility to protect the natural world, including exploitation of plant medicines, human genetic materials, and the safeguarding of traditional knowledge for our future generations. It includes issues of biological testing and experimentation of living things, including humans, bioprospecting for the appropriation of traditional plant knowledge, as well as genetic harvesting and engineering. These issues are critical concerns to our indigenous communities worldwide, especially those directly affected by such practices, those land-based cultures, those traditional practitioners. In Minnesota, we have a few families still put out trap lines, still go out there with the canoes and, and harvest uh, the rice that grows on water or those in our Dakota communities, like in Prairie Island, that still go out and collect the pato, the, the water potato. Some of the key bio-injustice concerns of the Indigenous Environmental Network and Indigenous peoples include intellectual and cultural property rights, including patenting and the effects of international trade agreements regarding ownership and our property rights of biological knowledge and life forms. Biopiracy, the appropriation of traditional knowledge without consent. Human genome harvesting, patenting, and genetic engineering. This whole sequencing, they got a lot of that information already, despite our efforts, like Debbie Harry and one of our network organizations working on biocolonization issues. The protection of culture and biological heritage from commodification exploitation, impacts on ecosystems and habitats of resource exploitation and environmental contamination, collective versus individual ownership rights. When wants to go, when a university or industry, pharmaceutical wants to go out and obtain rights to our knowledge, who do they go to? Is it an individual that owns that right? Is it a medicine man or a medicine woman? Does that person hold that information as an individual, or do they hold that informa in information from a collective perspective? Was it given to our nation in a sacred manner some time long ago for all our people to have and to use? Sustainable development considerations. 
assertion of self-determination over traditional lands and resources, economic benefit sharing proposals of profits generated from the sale of biological resources. The Indigenous Environmental Network maintains a perspective upholding the sacredness of life. We have opposed the sale and commodification of sacred medicinal plants used traditionally by our peoples by biological resource brokers, biopirates, we call them, and pharmaceutical companies. We have continued to assert and defend indigenous human rights, land and water rights, culture and jurisdiction over our resources, environment, and to present the traditional indigenous perspectives of these issues for the well-being of all peoples, all peoples, all races, all cultures, and our natural world. No person, our peoples, holds, owns or holds as property living things. Our Mother Earth and our plant and animal relatives are respected sovereign living beings with rights of their own. Who will defend those that cannot speak? The European concept of the natural world, which has become a dominant concept worldwide, where knowledge and culture is property, with the attitude that commodities are to be exploit, exploited freely and bought and sold at will, has resulted in disharmony between human beings and the natural world, as well as the current environmental crisis threatening all life. This concept is totally incompatible with the traditional indigenous worldview. Indigenous peoples were given by our creator the responsibility to protect the land and natural life upon which our survival depends. Our sacred responsibility is to safeguard and protect this world. Human beings are not separate from the rest of the world, of the natural world, but we're created to live in an integral relationship with it. That's what we have to offer. Understanding these indigenous principles provides understanding of love, love for Mother Earth and Father Sky. Mother Earth and Father Sky is a creative principle that we have in this universe. All creation and compassion for each other comes from this understanding for each human being. All people must come to re-identify and realize what the relation is with the sacredness of our Mother Earth and Father Sky. This will help us understand what our relationship as men is to the sacred female creative principle of this planet. My prayer is that I'd like to, for us to all resolve this global conflict, the war and violence that we have. As I mentioned in the beginning of my presentation, I talked about the common feature we all share with this hand. As human beings, we are all related to each other. We are the Five Finger Clan. We are the Five Finger Clan of human beings. We must learn to work together as members of the two-legged peoples. Like the five fingers in each hand, we have different features on each finger, and each finger is used differently but they are all connected to each other and have to learn, learn to help each other. Let us learn to work together as people of many colors, many cultures, all genders. We don't have much time. A saying of this 
Australian Aborigine says, we are like the tree standing in the middle of the bushfire sweeping through the timber. The leaves are scorched and the tough bark is scarred and burnt, but deep inside the tree, the sap is still flowing and under the ground, the roots are still strong. Like a tree, we have endured the flames and we still have the power to be reborn. In conclusion, I'm gonna finish the second verse of that song that I sang. That some words in the song will help you to connect in your re-identification with the sacredness of our Mother Earth. That something will be left with you, not only in your mind, but in your heart, in your spirit. Thank you very much.